In this episode of Call to Marriage, I talk with my really good friend and college roommate, Tori, about our experiences of being military girlfriends, FRG involvement, and Tori gives some amazing advice about how to survive a deployment when there's really limited communication. So let's just jump right into it. Hi there. Welcome to Call to Marriage, a show about navigating life as a military spouse. I'm your host, Callie, a newcomer on the scene of what is the military spouse life. The military community is a tight-knit, but sometimes tight-lipped one. I hope to pull back the curtain on life as a military spouse to answer the questions that I wish someone would have answered for me, talk about my experiences that I've gone through, or talk about the ones that I'm going through right now. I'm always learning new things about this crazy new life and invite you on this journey with me. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Welcome back to Call to Marriage. This episode is super special. It was requested by one of our listeners, and it is all about being a girlfriend and going through a deployment, preparing to go through a deployment, and sort of the differences that you experience being a girlfriend versus a spouse. And today, I have with me my very, very best friend from college, my college roommate, (laughs) sorority sister, Tori. So Tori, if you want to introduce yourself and just kind of let people know who you are, that would be great. Yes, of course. So I have been a military spouse for a little over a year now. Um, My husband and I have been through one deployment, a seventh-month deployment that happened right before COVID, so I even understand how that kind of can put a twist on things. Um, But we've been together through a lot of the different military changes. We were boyfriend and girlfriend during ROTC, when he commissioned, when he started flight school, when he changed his career path, and we did a TAD, and then he moved to another location to do more training. We've been through it all. Um, So I definitely have some experience. I'm not as experienced as the other military spouses that have been around for 30 plus years. Props to them. (laughs) (laughs) But I do have some knowledge and my mind is pretty fresh on deployments. So I'm definitely happy to help in this topic. Yes. And I am so, so excited about that. Tori and I have been friends for such a long time and we both, she started dating her husband and then a little while later, I started dating mine, and we both ended up being military spouses, and it was just kind of a cool full circle moment. So let's just jump into these questions. Um, so this military girlfriend, her significant other is about to be going on this deployment, and she is kind of struggling about figuring out how she fits into this role and about the stress of deployment. And she gave us some really good thinking questions. And so the main one being uh, FRG involvement and what does that look like? And is she allowed to be involved in an FRG as a girlfriend? And so I think, and, and Tori, you can kind of back me up on this. The FRG is the family readiness group, or that's what it's called in the army. Some Military associations have different names for them, Um, but essentially it is a group that provides information to the service member's significant other or their point of contact about what's going on, all that information, the happenings, everything. Um, And so, Tori, if you want to talk a little bit to that as well, since you were your spouse's point of contact as he went on to the deployment, as was mine, but you said a really good thing about that it's really up to the service member 
Yes, exactly. So the FRG is really important, especially when it comes to deployment. Um, They are involved when your service member is on the home front too, but they especially become involved when that deployment stage happens. Um, Typically, it is kind of up to the service member as to who they want to be included in the FRG. So in my situation, my husband had to send an email to the FRG contact stating, you know, confirming that he was attached to this command, um, how long he was attached to the command for, and the contact information for who he wanted to be that point of contact during his deployment, which was me. In this situation, I was a spouse, but really what the FRG cares about is that that service member on their deployment has somebody at home that they can contact and that they can really kind of have that support from, whether that be a family member, a friend, a girlfriend. It's really up to the service member to kind of determine who that person is. Yeah. And some FRGs may stress that they really want just spouses or just like dependents. Um, But at the end of the day, it really kind of depends, again, like Tori said, on the service member, who do they need as their person of contact? Who does the FRG need to reach out to if something happens? Um, So you can join the FRG as as a girlfriend. It's kind of marketed more towards dependents. But um, again, like Tori said, it's up to the service member. So with the FRG, the FRG is a really great way to meet people and get involved, but it's really more like a jumping off point. And so I think Tori, you and I both utilize something called Facebook groups. And so (laughs) how have you been able to sort of meet and, and interact with people during COVID? Definitely. So my FRG actually has its own Facebook group. So that's one. Um, but definitely don't rely on the FRG to coordinate the events that you go to. Like Callie said, it is a great starting point, um, but oftentimes you can use it on your own. Reach out to someone on the page. It can be a simple connection. I met one of my friends in the FRG just because we both had environmental degrees. That was our only connection, but it was a jumping off point for us to really start that friendship. Um, Beyond that, there are other Facebook groups for really anything that you can think of. I'm a part of a Facebook group that is for military spouses just in my area. So all different kinds of commands Mm -hmm. um, that don't have kids. So (laughs) really all different kinds of groups that you can get involved with. Um, I really do love that group. They're all really fun. And it can be anything from just you know, writing in the group saying that you're struggling a little bit more today, you need some support to reaching out to somebody and grabbing coffee, talking on the phone, or even having a event at your house that's COVID safe or something along those lines. There's a bunch of different opportunities that you can have in those groups. And I also would say too, apart from Facebook groups, our Facebook events. So I know that I find a lot of And this is also really great if you've just moved to a new place or maybe you've PCS to a new place and they're deploying because that happened to me. So, um, and that happened to you as well, Tori. And so I think Facebook events are a great way to sort of see what's going on in your area. Are there any like book clubs or coffee clubs or are there like craft 
you know, outdoor craft shows, COVID safe events that are going on that you'd be able to meet people regarding interests or things that you really are involved or invested in. And so that would be a good way. And it's also a good way too to kind of put out into the FRG group. I'm interested in going to this and getting people to go with you and meet them in a different setting outside of a military group setting. Yeah, that's, that's a great idea. That's definitely a way to kind of, you know, broaden your horizons in a way. Definitely. definitely. So the next thing that I think we want to talk about, so I don't personally have experience with limited communication during a deployment. And that's just because with the deployment that my husband is on, I've been, we've both been really blessed in that, you know, he's usually always had a Wi-Fi connection where he can, you know, message me, or we've been able to FaceTime almost every day. But Tori, your husband was on a deployment where you had very little communication. And so I would love to kind of hear how you sort of worked through that and and what that looked like. Um, You know, just everything regarding that, I think would be just so helpful. Yeah, definitely. So communication is different on every deployment, whether it's a ship, whether it's just overseas to a different coast or base. um, Communication can really vary based on the deployment and within the deployment itself. So for my experience, my husband was recently deployed on a ship for seven months and communication was tough. We didn't have any set times that we could talk. Communication wasn't guaranteed. Sometimes, you know, they're on a ship, so they would go into an area where they weren't allowed to communicate at all. So it was definitely all kind of up in the air. But something that I realized is that while he couldn't control his communication, I could control mine. So I would send him an email every single night before I went to bed. Even if I didn't know if he got it, if he didn't have time to read it that day, or he wouldn't respond for a few days or even a few weeks, getting that off of my chest and knowing that there's the possibility that he might read it was really comforting to me. Of course, always have your phone on sound or vibrate, whatever you need to hear it. You never know when a call might come. Mm -hmm. Um, I also sent him a care package every month with just some little goodies from home and a letter with some printed out pictures of what I was up to. The pictures helped him not feel so far from home, helped him feel more like he was included and knew what was going on. And then they also helped me realize that even if I felt like I wasn't doing that much, when I sat down to put together the pictures, I actually had a lot to include. And then while we couldn't have a routine of when we talked, we did have a sort of routine of what we talked about. So we had our own way of saying goodbye at the end of every phone call. And we've actually had it since we started long distance, however many years ago now. And this helped us avoid the frantic kind of hanging up and had more closure and that familiar routine. And it made sure that every call ended on a positive note. Um, Another part is the friends that I did make during deployment really helped fill that communication gap. If we weren't able to communicate with, you know, our husbands or our significant others for weeks at a time, we would tell each other the big news we wish we could tell our service members. We'd help each other hang things in our houses like a boyfriend or husband would. While no one can ever replace your significant other, it's always helpful to know that you're not alone. And then my, my biggest thing is that just know that if you don't hear from him, That doesn't mean he isn't thinking of you. That doesn't mean that something is wrong. It's just a part of deployment. Communication is key in any relationship, but it doesn't mean that you have to communicate 
all the time, it means you have to make the most of when you do communicate. Exactly. I think that's really good to touch on. Like you may not be able to have a routine that you can follow, but you can have a routine of a conversation of like what you talk about and then to the the printing out pictures and sort of helping them feel included in your life from far away. And um, I know that specifically like just sending my husband pictures has been great, especially with us getting, you know, we have the dogs and he gets Mm -hmm. to feel like he can see them and he's included in it. So I think those are all some really awesome advice, just all around very, very helpful advice for, for people going through a limited communication deployment. Yeah, it's, it's tough, but you know, it's, it's doable. Anything that you go through in deployment will always make you stronger and really make you appreciate when you do have that communication. Oh, a hundred percent. I think I, I think deployment is really good at helping you realize you have more strength than you give yourself credit for. Genuinely. And I think like, I've realized like, I'm able to do more things on my own. I don't, I'm not as dependent on others as I initially thought I was. I'm more confident in my abilities to do things. Not to say that like, you know, if you don't feel those things, like you failed in some way, but I think that in deployment, through deployment, you sort of learn things about yourself and about how much you actually can handle and about how strong you really are. And so that's kind of a silver lining, so to speak, of (laughs) deployment. Yeah, I definitely agree. And even just, you know, in your relationship as a whole, it really kind of shows you, you know, at the beginning, you might feel those kind of fears, you might have those doubts when you're going into a deployment. But when it comes down to it, I feel like there's kind of, like you were saying, that strength that just kind of happens. This is a weird comparison, but it's kind of like mom's you know, when you become a mom, you're afraid, you don't know if you're going to be a great mom. But then when you are one, that instinct kind of comes out. And I feel like deployment can kind of take that out of you too, where you're in the situation where you know that you have to be strong, you know that your relationship can get through this. And that can really kind of help push you through those difficult times. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like you sort of go into not survival mode, but your brain sort of kicks in and you're like, okay, we, we got to do this. Like, we right. got to get moving. So, right, exactly. yeah. So I think we've talked a good bit about, you know, the deployment aspect of it and kind of getting yourself involved, especially as a girlfriend, you may feel kind of out of place. Um, and I think it's sometimes easy maybe to think that, you're not welcome or that you're you're separated. And I think there's a concern too among mom, military girlfriends versus being a military spouse is, am I going to be accepted even though I'm not a quote unquote dependent? And so for those of you that maybe aren't hip with the military spouse lingo, um, <laughs> a dependent is basically like you're the spouse. You are Um, And I think I've explained this a little bit in my more than a spouse um, podcast, but a dependent is literally just meaning you are dependent on the service member to get access to the luxuries that his service provides. So like he is your sponsor to get onto base. He is your sponsor to like get medical service, like, you're not dependent on that person, but like they sponsor you to be able to like get into the different military luxury, not luxuries, but you know what I mean? Like the base and commissary and the PX, NEX, 
FAA. I don't know what I can't remember what Air Force is, but they're <laughs> like the different things. Um, but you know, you might feel as a military girlfriend that you're excluded. Um, I will say though, maybe as a word of encouragement, if that's you and you're feeling that way, I think a lot of it is is mostly in our in our brains and that we feel like we're not welcome or we feel kind of alienated. Um, I know that when I was a military girlfriend, you know, pre pre the ring, um, <laughs> I felt sort of awkward and that I didn't quite fit in because I wasn't a spouse. I wasn't privy to doing these things. I couldn't just go on post if I wanted to. And, you know, some of the spouses do live on post and that can kind of make it difficult. Um, but also I realized that, you know, we would go to cookouts and obviously this is like pre COVID. So (laughs) who, what is a cookout, but we'd go to cookouts (laughs) and I'd, you know, talk with spouses and they'd be so welcoming. And I think a lot of times spouses just sort of want to give, give you their knowledge and bestow on you the lessons that they've learned because Mm -hmm. like spouses want to see spouses succeed. We want to see new military spouses thrive and be comfortable and we don't want to see you survive we want to see you thrive and so I think sometimes it can be scary to initiate conversation or relationships with these women because you don't quite know how they're going to receive you but I can almost guarantee and there are some some women out there who maybe don't feel that way and that's just on them but nine times out of ten a spouse is going to want to help you they're going to want to encourage you because they've been there They've been through their first deployment. They've been through their first long extended separation. They've been through the highs. They've been through the lows. And they want to make sure that as you walk through those highs and lows, you have support. Military spouse, being a military, the military spouse community is one of the strongest support systems you will ever be a part of because everyone has gone through something similarly and have gone through struggles similarly to each other. It is amazing, and you, you can jump in, you know, whenever, Tori, but the support system alone is just crazy, awesome, strong. I completely agree, and, you know, when I was a military girlfriend, when we were going through training and starting our long distance and moving and things like that, there are kind of those little adjustments that happen, and just kind of give yourself that time to learn this new life if it is something that you're new to I used to be afraid to go on base to be completely honest you know (laughs) because I I felt like I would walk in and everybody would look at me you know you feel those things but then when you get more comfortable you realize that that's not really the case people don't really care if you're not a spouse people don't really care if you're um you know just the girlfriend or friend or family member what really matters is that you're there with that service member and that you're there to support them. Or if you have a friend that's a spouse and they're showing you the ropes around base and they're your kind of, you know, sponsor, I guess, in a way, while your significant other is deployed to help you get that access, um, that you're kind of with them. So you're not alone. You're not walking in base alone. People aren't looking at you. It just kind of takes some some time to get comfortable. And now I feel like when I go on base and I show people my dependent ID, I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, like I, yeah. I'm all comfortable <laughs> going on base now. Um, I'm not so getting lost. I know where things are. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. I know that it's called an X. I don't call it a grocery store. You know, I call it the commissary now. Like, 
you you learn those things over time. Um, so if you are if you are afraid, it's completely normal. Just give yourself that time to kind of learn the ropes, adjust, and become more comfortable, just like anything you would in civilian life. Yeah, remember to give yourself some grace. It is a it is a learning curve, and it is it is gonna take some time, but you will you will get it, and you will find that it is such an awesome community to be a part of, and genuinely. Like there, there are always going to be cranky people, but genuinely a majority of the spouses are just super excited to welcome you to the community. So yeah. don't yeah. be, don't be scared. It's, it's, it's going to be scary, but just know that it, it just gets easier every, every time you put yourself out there, it gets easier. Right. And every single spouse that you talk to has been in your shoes at one point. Yes. So they, they know, they feel for you and they, they can see they can see how they can help you just like you were saying. Like, I think that it really is a community where we all want to help each other and share our experiences because it's almost like, this is going to sound so corny, but it's almost like all of our experiences are snowflakes. They're all unique. They're all different. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, everybody has a different journey in the military and everybody loves to share that journey and what they've learned to kind of help you find your way. Yeah, everyone, we're all in this together, you <laughs> cheesy high school, high school whatever, school. yeah. <laughs> but I, you know, for the person who requested this episode, I really hope that this was helpful for you. And if you're joining in and you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. I love this community and you want to join this community. Da, 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 da. We have social accounts now, everybody. Woo-hoo. So you can find us on Facebook at Call to Marriage. You can find us on Instagram at Call to Marriage. If you want to reach out or you need support or you just want someone to give you a, you know, cyber deployment hug or high five, you can email us at ask.ctmpodcast at gmail.com. I am so grateful to my friend Tori. Thank you so much for joining. And I am just so excited. And I will talk to everybody again next week. 